Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, and welcome to the 96th episode of Lake of Rage Pokemon Trading Card Game Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by a very special temporary guest host. Joining us for the first time, a voice that you have definitely heard, a face that you have seen before. We have the one and only Frosted Caribou. Boo, how are you doing today? I'm doing so well. I'm happy to be here. I'm going to be playing Community Day, uh, the Slowpoke Community Day in Pogo very very shortly here so I'm, I'm happy to be here that starts at one o'clock local you? time am i correct no i think it's two o'clock two okay i got yeah. plenty of time on the local west coast time. then <laughs> yeah oh yeah you're fine right now you're totally fine that's actually why i asked you first kevin i was like wait what time is this gonna be because i forgot <laughs> Slowpoke day was today i was like yeah. i need this because i'm gonna be playing pogo and like i need the dust and the experience from this event like to to get into my mons for that but anyway that's yeah, right. Side topic. <laughs> no, this, this wasn't on the thing, but I do want to. Well, let's just segue into it right now. I've completely forgot. You're registered for Pokemon Go at which regional is in it? Fort Wayne. In Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne. Okay. How into Pogo are you? Are you just like I want to do this for fun, or are you like no, no, no? I'm reaching rank twenty every single competitive season type competitive. No, I am not even close <laughs> to that at all, actually. Um, <laughs> the idea came around that, I don't know if you watched the stream where, I believe it was Rose and Gabby switched on one of the streams. I did not. And they like, yeah, they like switched games. Mm -hmm. So like Rose, I think, went to cast Pogo, Gabby went to do VG. And I was like, oh, that would be really cool. Like, if I were to do that, what game would I do that with? I know absolutely nothing about VG. <laughs> so I think for sure be Pogo, because I actually play Pogo. Um, but even then, I just got into it, like, in October. Mm -hmm. um, I was at one of the caster dinners with the Pogo casters, and they were kind of teaching me some of the aspects of the game. I just thought it was super interesting. I was like, I haven't picked up this game in forever. So I picked it back up, and I've been playing it since. So I'm, re I'm really excited to, uh, to get into it. But it's more from an angle of, like, I want to see how the game works mm -hmm. and uh, learn how to cast it so maybe... That's something I can expand my field into. So, yeah. Oh, so you're looking at expanding. So you'll be able to do TCG and Go potentially. Yes. I mean, it's always good to have some flexibility, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not wrong, right? Did you run into so I am not a competitive go player, but there was a little yeah. while ago where they did that very first research where it's like playing the great league, you know, however many battles oh, yes. to get stuff. Did you run into the same issue where I'm like, I've been playing go since day one, I've got so many Pokemon. And then you look and you're like, I don't have anything that is the least bit competitively viable. Like, did you run into that same issue or did you happen to get lucky and have some good stuff? No, I ran into the exact same issue because a lot of people who don't like play competitive Pogo, um, they don't realize that like the stats that you need are not stats you're looking for, for like what's, you know, you're looking for like three star Pokemon. Yeah. Like, oh, this is super strong, but you don't want that for Pogo. You want like the lowest attack possible and then the highest of the other two stats. It's like what defense and um, HP or whatever. I don't even know. Yeah, it's like, I, it's, it's, like that. Uh, is what it's called. It's called something that isn't yes. HP, but it's HP, right? Yes, exactly. So, um, and a lot of people don't know that. So, like, I was one of those people who's like, oh, this is a one-star dust day, you Same. know? <laughs> so, all of the Pokemon I had were not viable for Great League, like, whatsoever. So, I have been grinding to get there. Um, luckily, in uh, on the way back from Vancouver, Chip and I were on a big layover, and we got a bunch of trades in, and our mm -hmm. friendship level's, like, low enough still that we could roll into good Great League stats. So he rolled me like, like half of the really good Pokemon I have now. I'm so thankful to Chip. Like if I win anything in Pogo, it is because of Chip Richie. I tell you that much. <laughs> I, we're calling it now. When we see you in Top Cut for Pokemon Go, it is because of the Chip Richie. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> 
anyway, yeah. before we lose more viewers who are like, this is not a Pokemon Go podcast, <laughs> yeah, we're a TCG a podcast. TCG. <laughs> Uh, the plan for today is we're going to do some rap strike questions. The first time we've had Boo on, so we're going to get to know her a little bit better. Then we're going to talk about casting, of course. How did you get into it? What's it actually like? Because we've had a handful of official casters, and everyone has such different experiences. I want to keep learning from them because I think it is so fascinating what goes on behind the scenes. And then yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about how to actually grow the game at a local level. What needs to be done to make this game more inviting and welcoming and available for people who are trying to play the game because i have always gotten youtube comments and stuff like that for people that are like oh i'm going to my first regional this was really helpful and stuff like that and like how how can we actually help beyond just like here's a podcast right yeah so first thing we're gonna do some rapid strike questions you're gonna have 60 seconds to answer as many as you can no explanations i'm nervous just straight off the no no no, you'll be fine (laughs) anyone who's nervous tell the same thing alex cook got six questions in 60 seconds as the low end so if you can answer more than six questions you'll be fine okay it's wow he must have just been there like (laughs) (laughs) he so one of the questions i asked him was what's his favorite deck ever and he changes answer like six times like this no this no this like oh got it got it okay just just commit to it yeah i mean (laughs) whatever you say is official forever but okay yeah you you gotta stick with it (laughs) (laughs) are you ready okay i'm ready i'm ready perfect question number one winter or summer summer what's your favorite snack (laughs) cheez-its favorite deck you've ever played um baby blacephalon would you rather be late or be early Mm, i guess be early yeah what's your favorite internationals location you've been to oh um it has to be australia easy super salad oh i thought you said super salad i was like what is that (laughs) sorry yes the food soup or Uh, a salad um probably salad salad toppings on your perfect pizza Mm, just like all meat toppings (laughs) (laughs) what color sleeves do you use oh i actually just got these ones from dragon shield that are like a very cream type color and yeah i love those they're so pretty you tweeted these ones out recently right with the yeah yeah with the kangaskhan yeah uh cats or dogs dogs juniper sycamore oak rowan or magnolia oh (laughs) what was your favorite subject in school uh english what food are you best at cooking boiled water (laughs) um actually i can make a pretty good like eggs in a basket for breakfast okay Uh, i learned it like in home ec so so that's (laughs) your one that i'm good yeah are you are you not the cooker in your relationship no not at all (laughs) absolutely not i respect that everyone needs one right and it's like it's one person or the other it cannot be both people that's very true well we get like pre-prepped meals now so you they comes with the instructions so gotcha. it's kind of hard to mess it up but even then i still like messed up tacos the other night so, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know is this uh you got a sponsorship code for it or no 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 <laughs> no okay like that. <laughs> I, was, I was gonna give you a chance to plug it just in case you Shameless never know plug. <laughs> yeah i feel you <laughs> uh anyway you got 13 if i can count correctly so that's pretty darn good Oh, wow. That's pretty nice. Okay. Why'd you choose Oak? Um, I just like grandpas, I guess. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Oak's my choice, okay. too, so I guess I have to agree oh, with that really? one. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Grandpa fans in here. I was thinking about Juniper just because I was just building, like, some GLC decks, mm-hmm. and we were just talking about Juniper, and I was like, oh, Juniper's so cool, but nah, I gotta go with the grandpa, for sure. So then, wait, you just said... <laughs> juniper in your glc decks so you you picked her over oak yeah yeah i think it was just more so like i don't have a lot of the glc cards Mm -hmm. i've actually bulked and like gotten rid of a lot of those cards and now i'm like regretting it but (laughs) (laughs) i think it was more so like um yeah just looking through older cards and having having it there and just be like okay let's slot this one you know because you've been collecting for a while right like in theory you would have quite a few of those 
Yeah, yeah, no, I I should have a lot more, honestly, for like the, as far as the trainers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was like, oh, we're never gonna because I never planned to play expanded. Good choice. So I was like, I'm never gonna use these, and then GLC rolls around and. <laughs> I'm missing a lot of cards now. Oh no! <laughs> it's a surprise. So, yeah. All those things that exactly. are never going to be used mm-hmm. now are. <laughs> it's so funny. GLC is just such that format where, like, the Gabite is the one that I look at. The one that is it Gabite the Middle Evolution? Yeah, because it's Gibble yeah. Gabite Garchomp. Uh, mm-hmm. The one that searches out a dragon that's now like a fifteen dollar card, and the mm. amount of people that are like, "What?" <laughs> like that's that was a bolt card. Like as soon as. As soon as it rotated out of standard, it wasn't even that good in standard, to the best of my knowledge. Like, I don't need this. <laughs> now everyone's... I know, right? Yeah, and then it's, like, harder to find, too, and that's, like, why the price goes up as well. It's like, ah. Yeah, because... I mean, so goobery. the amount of people who probably have them sitting in bulk who don't play GLC and they aren't, like, in any competitive mm-hmm. sense, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's just, like, a card that I have to trade in eventually for four cents. Yes, exactly. Well, I just went to like a local shop that's like down the road from me mm-hmm. and they have tons of bulk boxes that are just like 10 cents for whatever's in this box. And I found so many trainers in there that are like perfect for GLC. So yeah, I'm really happy. That's always a win. That is. <laughs> and I found my bug hunch, my uh, Cricketot too. I found <laughs> two of them. So <laughs> I'm hyped about it. Wait, is Cricketot one of your favorites? Is this a boo fact I didn't know? No, 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 no. Okay. It's just it's just that Cricket is like super good because of the move that it has, like the bug hunch to search out Pokemon. Oh. Um, it's like really good for no reason on a Cricket Um <laughs> and the Cricket Tune is very good as well. But yeah, so I didn't have that Pokemon. There was only a couple Pokemon for my grass deck that I didn't have. Yeah. Um that I had to proxy, but that was one that I like found in the bulk box and I was like, Woo! <laughs> is, so. is this one of those GLC cards that's like impossible to find? I don't think so. I think it was just, I mean, I don't know, because Chip said he had like a billion of them. So I mean, any Chip, cards that I'm missing, I'm just hitting up Chip for. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think Chip has a billion of everything, so I'm not sure if that counts. As... <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's like a little bit biased, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and when you said Baby Blacephalon is your favorite deck, which version of oh, Baby no. Blacephalon? Because there's so many different types. Yeah, that's true. I guess it was like the later version right mm-hmm. before it died um, or like rotation happened, I suppose. But yeah, I know it's controversial saying that deck <laughs> uh, just because it's like maximum degen deck. <laughs> but that is also the deck that I picked up and won like a lot of tournaments with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, this was back when, you know, before my YouTube channel was like really a big thing mm-hmm. and I had like no money. And so like, you know, winning booster boxes and stuff just from being able to play the game that I enjoy was just really cool. So I have a lot of history with Baby Blacephalon, and my locals hated me, so. (laughs) (laughs) So what came first, your love of opening packs or your YouTube channel funding your pack opening? Um, wait, wait, wait. So my YouTube channel, like making enough money on YouTube? Yeah. Were you just like, did you love opening packs and you're like, oh, I have the personality to make this a career? Or were you like, oh, this is kind of fun and I can do it on YouTube? Um, it was, no, yeah, it was definitely the last thing you said. So I, I was like, I had like no money when I started YouTube. I went from full-time streaming that I was actually making a decent like living from, Mm -hmm. but I ended up not enjoying, I actually got partnered on Twitch and it just like, wasn't the lifestyle for me, I suppose, streaming every day, being a streamer. Mm-hmm. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I enjoy, you know, curating videos and like editing and all of that. So I knew that like YouTube would probably be a platform I enjoy more. Um, and then through finding Pokemon, um, it was opening packs first. And because I had no, I have no history at all with Pokemon like whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um and then my, I guess, boyfriend at the time, now fiance, um, he like, he, I think, had been watching YouTubers like open Pokemon packs and then wanted to buy them because of those videos. And we like found a box at Target or something and it was like on sale. Um, dang, what was it? Fates Collide, I think was the set. Yeah. And yeah. And then he was like, oh, I want to buy these Pokemon cards. And I was like, we're not buying Pokemon <laughs> cards. Like, no. <laughs> Like, why would we do that? But we ended up buying it and opening it and had a ton of fun with it. And 
like I've always been a big board game type person and mm-hmm. card games and stuff, like regular card games. Yeah. And um, yeah. And so I was like, I want to learn how to play this. And that's how we got into like creating. And then, yeah, through playing it and learning the game is when I like, and then opening packs was what I brought to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um to my you know i had probably like 20 viewers at the time or something <laughs> yeah. but my fiance funded literally my entire like everything i opened he was buying because <laughs> i had no money and once i left twitch i just started bartending mm-hmm. and yeah i it was paying my bills and i had no excess money after that so <laughs> it took me a long time to to get to where i am now so it definitely took <laughs> it took a grind is the there's a lot of morals in that story, but that's one of the big ones for anyone out there who wants to be a content creator of. Yeah. It took time. <laughs> you didn't just yes, jump absolutely. right into it. No, no, no. Yeah, it took a long time. And I had a lot of experience from Twitch world as well. Uh, kind of already kind of being used to the content sphere. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. So, it took a while. you were a Twitch partner. This is something that I don't know if people have no or anything like that but before pokemon mm. at all what did you stream because getting partnered is very <laughs> hard but the fact that you didn't like you weren't into pokemon at all is news to me so what were you streaming before that uh it's so funny because it's gonna sound super random probably <laughs> um but do you know age of empires 2 i know the game age of empires so i'm gonna assume <laughs> the second one can't be that different Yes, yeah. It's an RTS, so, you know, real-time strategy, fast clicks Mm -hmm. type deal. And um, I played that, like, competitively. So (laughs) um, I was, like, an RTS player Mm -hmm. playing that competitively. Kind of uh, got a base from there. Then went into variety streaming after that. So it was kind of just, like, whatever game I enjoyed. That's the dream right there. (laughs) Exactly, right? Um, And then through variety streaming is actually it was around the time uh let's go pikachu and eevee came out Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i'll buy this game and play it and that was like kind of my first experience with pokemon um alongside the cards too so it was like around the same time cards and the let's go pikachu eevee so yeah it's interesting. I spent like 14 hours like hunting a shiny Lickitung uh, in that game. <laughs> Isn't it green? Wait, why Lickitung? No, it's yellow. It's yellow. Oh, okay. I, I just I just love Lickitung. And then oh. I just thought the shiny was so cute. And it took me forever to get. But that's mainly what I did in that game was like shiny hunting. <laughs> so technically, it's optimal not to leak your team before regional. But you're going to oh, play yeah. in a go regional. There has to be a Lickitung on there then, right? Yeah, right. That thing takes like 90 years to build. Oh my god. It takes XL candy and yeah. there's just no way. It's probably going to take me literally like a year to build that thing. There's I've, no way. I've been walking with mine for like six months now just out of the hope that we can eventually <laughs> get it to be good. It is. It's really good. That's the sad part. It's such a good Pokemon, but it's like so inaccessible and that is definitely one big complaint I have about Pogo. Like it is so hard to get into it the accessibility is non-existent pretty much yeah it's so, yeah. compared to vgc where you can mm-hmm. let's assume you're breeding you can gen them i guess technically but breeding them yeah. just takes time tcg you go to tcgplayer.com and you can technically have a yep. meta deck right and then go is yes. like you know i've been dragging this lick a tongue along walks for <laughs> months and months and months hoping to pull out some xl candies to eventually get it from it's like at 1430 right now and get it up to something a little better yeah. well and and things like trevenant like trevenant's very good in the game mm-hmm. but it only comes out at halloween yeah so, like if you miss that like you got to find people that have phantoms or else you're screwed you know so yeah there's so many aspects to that game that are just very difficult to get into um as far as like trying to play on a competitive level but once you get those pokemon um you know you could get them trade them but then you still need to roll good stats and that's even harder to do yeah so yeah it's i am super thankful that i even have a couple that are viable (laughs) right now (laughs) thanks to chip richie baby (laughs) that's pretty funny there, there was stuff we'll get to and we'll get there in a second but youtube people you can check this out real quick audio listeners you should go to the youtube channel click the video look at the background behind boo right now and while you're there subscribe to the channel and hit thumbs up and leave a comment but ton of pokemon plushies behind you and yeah i think they're all plushies but there's also i can see it over the top of your head appa 
from Avatar The Last Airbender. And I think that's the only non-Pokemon thing there. So why is Appa here? I think I well, I have a no face and a Totoro right here. Oh, is there? Well. Oh, that's but dope. On a, that's it. Unrelated note, my yeah. wife got a no face tattoo in Japan. It was so cool. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Especially in Japan. That's even cooler. That was her like um, her big like thing, right? We were there for our honeymoon and it was like, I want this. Oh. I want a tattoo when I'm here, and I specifically want this one. Oh, that's awesome. Anyway. Man, now I gotta see a picture of that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, why Appa? No face and Totoro feel like Pretty obvious ones, but you can also yeah, go into those ones obvious. if you want to, too. <laughs> uh, no, those are pretty obvious for sure. Um, Studio Ghibli is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, the Oppa, I just really liked like Avatar, The Last Airbender, mm -hmm. and I'd actually been looking. This is like a really, oh, here. <laughs> this is a really tough um, Oppa to find. And I like someone else had had it and I was like, oh, where'd you get this? And they had got it in some really weird way. And then um, I'd been looking for it for like years, never could find it. It's mm -hmm. like a very specific plush of the Appa. And then one of my friends found it at like a convention and surprised me and like sent it to me in a like in a package. And I opened it. It was like it was like the best <laughs> moment of my life, pretty much. So, yeah, that is that is my prized possession Appa right there. It's like the perfect plush. I love um, it. Yeah, I just love it. It's a, a flying bison. I used to have ferrets and. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my favorites was like, uh, it was like Momo and Popo sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was cute. Yeah. <laughs> so I promise we're going to get to more TCG stuff, but <laughs> <laughs> I, know, right? uh, I also love Last Airbender and I also play Go. So this is aside. Uh, is Oppa the favorite best character? Oh yeah. Easily. Easily. I don't know. Have you met Toph? Toph is pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, okay, Appa's the best, like, I don't know, animal, I suppose, then? Okay, that's fair. Flying bison character? I'm a, I'm a big Toph <laughs> fan. I just think it's so cool how she just showed up and just... It, it just kills everyone. It's so good. I guess kills yeah. the wrong word because it's Nickelodeon, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Uh, that's funny that you say that because, like, we're not allowed to say, like, kill or whatever for yeah. the streams either for Pokemon. And I was doing an interview and like the person I was talking to, I think it was Kieran, um, just kept saying like, yeah, I killed that, killed that. <laughs> I was just like laughing internally the whole time. <laughs> so, God, you're professional. You're so good at this. What a great segue <laughs> into the <laughs> casting part of it. I know it's this like is like I do it for a living or something. I don't know. <laughs> who would have thought? I mean, you have. I'll talk like you're not in the room right now, but you have such a great stage presence and a great personality. And I see per like exactly why you got picked to do this. But how did you get picked to do this? I guess like, how do you think you actually got into the casting gig? Um, to be honest, I don't know. It happened so suddenly. <laughs> Uh, kind of the same thing with Pokemon contacting me to like send me things as well. Mm -hmm. Um, my, my channel, it's always been like family friendly, but there's jokes here and there that I say that can be interpreted by other <laughs> ways, I suppose, by adults, like adults understand what I'm saying sometimes and it's like funny, but yeah. it's still considered family friendly, you know? So I just, and also I was pretty well known uh, before my channel like really went big for kind of like mm -hmm. trashing a lot on Pokemon as far as like <laughs> card quality was always pretty bad. Um, uh, I had like a lot of things to say about like the way they had their products and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm ever working with Pokemon <laughs> like ever. Like you can see me say that so many times on my channel. And then they just hit me up one day and were like, hey, we want to <laughs> like send you some stuff. And I was like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> But uh, it was kind of the same thing with casting. Um, I The only thing I had done as far as casting was grassroots, like in my LGS. Mm -hmm. We would do like League Cups, League Challenges back when, way back in my day, you know, <laughs> when those existed. And I would stream those, um, like I'd cast over those. And so I kind of like made that a thing in my local scene, I suppose. And then we created a whole stream set up here in my house. And we'd invite our locals over to play. And I'd cast over those, but those, those were always like more streamer style, talking to chat, kind of just super casual. Mm -hmm. It was very like, it wasn't like super serious casting type deal. Yeah. Um, so that was really the only experience I had with casting and then maybe a couple online tournaments. Like I helped Hagee cast his like uh, uh, last official tournament he hosted. And then, um, yeah. And someone just, it was DC actually. 
um, hit me up one day in like my Twitter DMs and was mm-hmm. like, hey, boo, like what's a good email for you? And I said to my email with just like a little eyeballs emoji. That's such an ominous DM normally. Eyeballs emoji. <laughs> I know, right? It was like no context whatsoever. <laughs> and, you know, like clicking DC's profile, it's like, you know, Pokemon, like producer, like all this stuff. And yeah. I was just like, what is this? You know? <laughs> and yeah. And then it was like emails, NDAs. We want you to cast NAIC. And I was like, <laughs> I can't even tell you how like nervous I was for that. I'm just a very like anxious, nervous person in general. Really? When it comes to like public settings. Yeah, for sure. Seriously, um, I, think I, I never would have guessed that watching you. Really? Because you know how many people you're talking in front of when you're like talking on camera before the stream, stuff like that. You know, you don't give that off at all. So that's super surprising to hear. <laughs> That's good. I bury it deep inside, but <laughs> in reality, I'm like drenched in sweat, <laughs> like so nervous. But yeah, um, I think it's like something I inherited from my from my dad. Honestly, he he's also like gets um, like anxiety around like crowds of people and stuff. I think it's just like something I have internally. But um, yeah, so I was super nervous, and I mean, it's NAIC. Like, I they didn't even start me on a regional or anything. It was like, hey, we're throwing you to the wolves, <laughs> homie, and you know, and then getting there too. And the thing with like that surprised me the most was I thought there was going to be so much explanation, so much prep, and all this stuff, and they were just like, hey, so here's the setup. Good luck, you know. <laughs> it was like it was very much just kind of like they just threw me into that, and uh, it went really well. So. So, and obviously there may be not things you can't say, right? We've always had people on the casters who are kind of like, uh, this is as much as I can do, right? But uh-huh. do you practice with the people you're with? Or is it literally like you said of like, here's the setup, good luck? Or do you all um, sit there and do a practice game together or anything like that? Or <laughs> No, no, not at all. The most amount of practice that we get is like they're testing uh, like lighting and stuff for the stream, mm-hmm. um, which still sometimes explodes. But anyway, <laughs> um, they'll put out just like random cards and we'll be testing audio and we'll be, we'll be like, oh, there's a, you know, there's a grubbin in the, in the prize <laughs> cards. You know, it's not like real cards yeah. on the table. So no, we we do like really no no like practiced tests I suppose beforehand. Um, it's really up to like if we do want to um, practice with who we're going to be casting with. Mm-hmm. It's just on us to kind of do on our off time um, in Discord or something or like practicing. But I've actually not done that at all with any of my <laughs> co-casters. So <laughs> we wing it. We wing it. <laughs> how how do you? do that is that something you think you're like naturally good at or have you learned like the ability to like mesh well with someone for a first time um no i think i think it comes down to personalities most of the time Mm -hmm. um because there's definitely been more people i mesh with um versus not but there's also going to be more like uh, people that you mesh with better than others you know i joke that that chip and i are like the dream team right (laughs) but uh (laughs) but also um you know i got to cast with kyle in knoxville and we did super well together too um we were we had very good like banter back Mm -hmm. and forth i think it was good balance between each other um he nailed the analysis i nailed the play-by-play it was it was great so yeah i think it's just um sometimes if it's like a new pairing you have to kind of work out the kinks in the first match figure out the flow Mm -hmm. but um once you're able to like adapt and get to that it can it can be very good but it's one of those things where like you know they're hiring us as professionals we need to know how to do this it's not just based on like our pokemon knowledge you actually have to learn how to adapt to making that flow happen because it's a hundred percent your job you know yeah (laughs) so yeah that is something that I always find interesting. And I find it more interesting now that you mentioned that the mm-hmm. amount of prep is just like show up and hope for it. The amount of <laughs> dead time during a stream is like almost non-existent, like ignoring the in-between round. That's not the the like in the middle of a match. Like there is a constant like you said, banter like between you and Kyle is really good. And I I like you two as a combo for sure, because mm-hmm. Kyle needs someone who is providing something beyond the game sometimes because <laughs> he will get really mm-hmm. into the game. And it's like we're still being entertained right so that was like a definite huge plus of like oh yeah let's keep things a little bit light as well 
But, oh uh, yeah, I th- I think I brought a lot out of Kyle as far as like jokes and stuff, <laughs> and we we did a meeting that was kind of like a a peer review type deal, mm-hmm. um, too, and and it was kind of like brought up like um one of our like producers was saying like yeah there was a lot of like sound effects and things happening on because <laughs> like i'm always making weird sounds and they like loved it so they want us to keep going in that like more fun you know direction so yeah it's good to hear that's so great to hear because this is something i mentioned in our pre-thing we we're going to bring up too but the caster showdown in between rounds is becoming mm-hmm. one of my favorite things not just because it's like glc is cool or 2013 recently like that's cool but like we get to see your personalities and like you and pablo and ethan and chip were all content creators like before you did this and it's really mm-hmm. cool to get to see your personalities as you're playing like player chip during that is way different from caster chip and that makes me, when are we going to get to see Boo in a caster showdown? Because I don't think we've <laughs> seen you down there yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, who knows? Potentially <laughs> for North Carolina. I don't know. I can't say. But uh, no, yeah, I, I would love to join. Well, the biggest thing was I never played GLC. Mm-hmm. So if it's like, oh, who wants to play GLC? I'm like, not me. I don't know <laughs> if you know this. I'm sure you probably don't, Kevin. But I um hate being on stream i do not want to be on stream like at all no costs. shot I, really i <laughs> one of the reasons that i'm not playing tcg in fort wayne mm-hmm. is because i know they're gonna put me on stream <laughs> and i don't want to be on stream um yeah like when i was uh where was it indianapolis i went like 4-0 or whatever yeah. i started out 4-0 and I was so scared to put me on stream. I was like, please do not. And you can't even do that. You know what I mean? But yeah. I'm like, don't put me on stream. I don't want to be on stream. Um, I, I just am terrible in situations like that. And I think it's one of those things, again, where you wouldn't guess it because that's essentially the situation I'm put in every single stream with casting yeah, right? or especially interviewing and stuff. It's all like off the cuff. Um, but yeah, I think it's different when you're like, for me, playing TCG is like super focused and mm-hmm. like, you know, I have to like put my whole brain into it and having to think about all of those other aspects <laughs> of being on stream. I just don't want to do it like whatsoever. So I'm sure I'll end up there eventually. But uh, I mean, you, yeah, you can be on there for Pogo. That's I know that's what they're telling me, like, oh, we're going to bring you on for Pogo. And, <laughs> and they stream from round one. So it's oh. like they can bring me on first. Yeah. <laughs> just watch me get rolled. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm I'm scared. That could be right. <laughs> if you're up against like another like a top player in Pogo, that is a perfect example of like, oh, look, the other person people want to see for sure. We have Boo who is coming over from TCG, and that is a great storyline in and of itself. Like that's true. It's in. You... Don't curse me like this, Kevin. Come on. No, I'm encouraging. Kevin, this is positive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I'm super excited to be able to um, get on on stream to play GLC or even. I mean, whatever, I guess we end up playing. I don't have a ton of retro decks built besides like base set, but um, uh, yeah, like even a standard deck, I'd be, I'd be down, but I would not enjoy it. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Are you not a huge fan of the current standard format? Um, not really. I think it's mainly just because I have, I have been casting it for months now (laughs) and it is pretty stale (laughs) to say the least that is you know? true i guess that's I, a... I like i i want to see more cards that add a little bit of spice which i mean now that we've seen a lot of things coming out from future scarlet violet sets uh, i think we're gonna see that down the line so i think it's going to get a lot better but um i like cards like big comeback cards things that you know give you something to watch the match for versus like oh you don't set up turn one you're losing you know <laughs> <laughs> how do you how do you like think about filling that time because so i'll preface this a little bit of my experience casting my locals you're watching yeah. the game and it's best of one which is also makes it a little worse because you can't scoop and go next you're watching it and you're like oh mew went draw pass turn one with no vip pass and you're just like uh that's kind of probably the game at this point. Like, how do you yeah, avoid yeah. saying that? How do you get out of that mentality of like, I guess the game's over already? Because you do a great yeah, job of like, writing. oh, they can still do it. And I'm like, no, they can't. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you can't yeah. say that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you can say that to an extent. 
um, just say like, yeah, there's not really, you know, <laughs> much they can do at this point. But I think more so like, cause if you say that and you're just kind of like beating a dead horse sort of thing, it's not really entertaining for the viewer either. Mm-hmm. So, um, a lot of this filler usually happens during like shuffling or things like that when nothing's actually even happening on the board. But I know that they want us to lean into kind of more explanations of like the deck construction themselves, like Mm -hmm. what a deck is structured, like how it actually plays out. And that's a very easy thing to fall back on in one of those situations because you can see how their deck is failing, but you know, while they're shuffling or whatever, you can kind of explain how it's supposed to be working. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's easy. I don't know. To me, it's like I feel like the fallback for a situation like that is always to just lean into topics that um, let's say a new person is watching that they can understand um, just tuning in because that's just like it's easy filler and it serves a purpose. You know what I mean? To involve people. um that don't know what's going on on screen i suppose so yeah yeah because the viewership is massive they're definitely there's not even definitely there are 100 percent people because they say it in twitch chat who are like mm-hmm. what is happening here yeah and i i think that i don't think we focus enough on that audience honestly um you know a lot of people i i say this all the time but like um our players you know, like half of our who would be watching the stream, they're not watching, they're playing like in our mm-hmm. field, yeah. you know, so who's left? It's the people who couldn't make the event. So you're still going to have, you know, some like top 1% competitive players. Mm-hmm. But even then, a majority of the players in our field, I mean, you're talking about 1200 people on average or whatever, Um, you know, those are not all going to be like, top 1% players. That's why they're top 1%. Mm-hmm. So even in the playing field, there's still that 99% more casual type player base and then viewership it's going to be even more narrowed down than that because you know the people who are the stream is sort of targeted to um as far as competitive players are outplaying you know what i mean Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's like who's left is the people who are new and i think the stream is a huge opportunity for us to grow more of our people getting involved um with the game but I don't think we focus enough on like that aspect of it. So like newer people. <laughs> You're again, such an amazing professional <laughs> with the you perfect up. segue. <laughs> but there's one more thing I wanted to ask real quick about casting before. I, I just it. wanted to appreciate that you did such a great job and I'm completely going <laughs> to ignore it, which is like the worst thing you could do. Uh, so good. It's been very awesome. One of the biggest things I've been critical of on Twitter is the like matchups that are being picked. How <laughs> hard is it actually to pick the matchups? Like tell someone like me who complains about it why I'm so ignorant to like it's actually really hard. We have like 12 seconds to go. Like do you see deck lists beforehand or are you just like randomly like walking around and be like ah this person this person and then see which one you go and you're like boom, let's go. Like how does that work as much as you can say? Maybe you can't yeah. say too much. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm really barred from talking about this at all, really. But yeah. um, as far as like our matchups, so it's kind of a combination of everything you said. So mm-hmm. we walk around the tables. We see if we see anything interesting that's at the top tables. Um, because obviously when we start the stream, it's like, what, round three? We're, we're starting in round four. Like we stream round two round fours. Yeah. So, um, you know, so it has to be people who are, 3-0 or whatever. <laughs> so we're starting at top tables. So if we can find anything interesting in there, we focus on that deck or that player. Um, and then we also have like we do have the all the lists as well. We have access to them. So we can literally like open up people's lists and see if they have in, anything interesting that would be cool to showcase on the stream. Um, and that'd be chill. And then as far as like picking the matchups, I'm not gonna lie. I want to say, I don't think I have actually ever picked a matchup or been able to pick a matchup. I think a majority of the time our matchups are being picked by, I mean, I guess it's sort of like a group conversation, kind of, but <laughs> kind of. Okay. I think it's like, I think it's usually like seniority type mm. deal uh, mm-hmm. picks the matchup. I don't think it's supposed to be like that or anything. And I think it's just how it kind of the cookie crumbles sometimes but i think most of the time it's like we're leaning on um 
players, like the, who is playing these decks mm-hmm. as far as like picking that matchup because we're trying to, you know, build these stories up of these players and such. But um, yeah, and then there's incidents that happen too where people want us to pick, you know, newer players and stuff. And then let's say we get a newer player on and either they're nervous for the stream or whatever and they end up kind of like low-key throwing the game yeah and then it's difficult to watch as well it's difficult to cast it's difficult to watch Mm -hmm. and then everyone's also like kind of complaining about that too because it's like oh why would you put this person on even though like they have a really good record like yeah it was you know and it's like oh what do we do cic right where it was like a 4-0 mu player who made oh, like yeah. a, it was a very unfortunate play at the beginning and it's one of those things that like the battle vip thing yeah they crammed away their battle yeah. vip turn one and then passed and it's just like it's so unfortunate that, a we still remember this but b they were twitter discourse for so long and it's like <laughs> i know it's one of those things that like they aren't gonna make this play that's the nerves of stream and it's all this other stuff and yeah like you said exactly of like it's got to be hard to pick the person or the people because Mm-hmm. You don't want to set someone up for that, but also, look, Xander Pro, great person, super cool, but you don't want to have him on every single regional because we need to feature more of the 1,800 people in a tournament, right? Yes, yeah. And that and that's why it's so hard to balance because it's like, like, do we lean toward the players who we know are going to give us good performance for the stream mm-hmm. so that we're demonstrating, you know, these decks at the the highest caliber but all at the same time like you're i feel like especially in this format at least you know the, when you go into those top tables and the top players they're going to be playing decks that we've seen tons of <laughs> you know so that's an issue too and then and then yeah it's it's also you know do we put a newer person on which i always advocate for but it's just like what is the sort of i guess backlash type deals gonna be yeah from it depending on what happens in the match it's a total toss-up you know we've never seen this person play we have no idea what's gonna happen so like it's tough for sure yeah it sounds it sounds incredibly difficult right of it's yeah. like to go back to kyle i think his best piece of sense of humor is when we're going into a match like we have another lugia mirror just the way that he <laughs> says it, it's just like it's so good i'm just like here we go again but also we have to go this way because it's round 13 and we need yeah. the top tables it's like kill me now please <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah it's 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 tougher like casters too for sure um but yeah you're talking about like we get very limited time. The The pairings go up and it's like pick a match right now. You know, there's no downtime in between that because they still have to set up for stream. Mm-hmm. So they have to change T-shirts. They have to, you know, if they have to re-sleeve cards or whatever, you know, they have to explain the rules and stuff to the players for the stream, all that jazz. So we have to pick immediately. And yeah, it just comes down to sometimes it's tough to to pick that. And I think it doesn't help that the format is so ironed out right now so you're gonna have less and less variety for those like top tables and such to pick from but yeah if if you had feedback i I guess kevin what would you what would you give for matches the feedback is impossible if i've never (laughs) been in those shoes (laughs) that's the unfortunate part I'd, i'd love to give feedback but like i don't know i've never had to pick out of uh 200 tables of top players a specific matchup yeah Yeah, i don't know i'd love to get feedback i have no freaking clue keep keep doing what you're doing and it's (laughs) tough when like you like pick a good matchup too or we get to showcase maybe like a cool deck that we haven't seen or something and then it they just brick you know and that's what i think makes it hard too because like you're still gonna have like oh what was it that we had on it was like it was a reggie lucky um like vmax or some or no maybe top of coco i don't know some some deck that they had on mm-hmm. that was like really cool doing super well yeah and then they just bricked and got rolled in like two quick games you know and we didn't even get to see the deck same thing happened mm. with the shedinja deck yeah. that we had on stream that was such a bad so matchup like, that poor shedinja I, I was so hyped I for it <laughs> i know same thing happened uh in toronto wait was this, yeah toronto um like it was like the wheezing deck versus like giratina you know and it's like oh what do we do <laughs> with that you know so yeah oh gosh what was it's the tough. 
the bricking. I so one of my friends who just got second in Vancouver. Shout out Kobe Kawasaki. Uh, I got. He oh, made, Kobe's your friend. That's cool. Yeah, he made day two. Oh, of can Worlds. you tell Kobe? I feel so sad. It's like I feel so bad because <laughs> they. So uh, it was in the outro. So probably no one even watched it to be honest. But <laughs> they flashed the graphic and they spell his name Cody, not Kobe. No. And I, I was writing the script. I, I, and I had interviewed Kobe. I knew it was Kobe. Yeah. But I said Cody like four different times because it was just reading the screen and i felt so bad afterwards so kobe if you're listening to this i i really apologize for messing <laughs> up your name and you're a very cool person <laughs> but uh, uh at worlds he made day two of worlds with the liminal deck which is the intellion plus counter attackers yeah. and that exact thing happened of like i I got. I was sitting down. Ethan comes up to me, and we start chatting. I'm like, "Hey, my boy's three zero right now. You should stream him, right?" And so, mm -hmm. a little, little bit of influence there. But he, you know, they pick him for the next <laughs> round, and he proceeds to brick twice in a row. And it was just such no. an unfortunate. Yeah. So I know the bricks are like, it's well, real that happened life. with Natalie on stream too. Oh. Nat was playing Blissey and just yeah. bricked. It's I, like, oh. It, that that one hurt to watch. I was watching game one and I was like, oh, this is this oh. is bad. <laughs> that was really sad. I was so excited. I was like, oh, if I get to interview Nat, that's going to be so great. But yeah, it didn't happen. I was sad. <laughs> so I completely ignored your other segue because I wanted to ask that question because I was curious. Because like I said, I'm one of the most vocal people on Twitter. So I want to know because no one's actually ever answered that question about how it works. But uh, oh. one of the things that I've seen from you constantly is this like, hey, these things need to be done. Like the game at its highest level isn't welcoming, isn't accessible for like new players to just jump into or the general community like mm -hmm. can have problems for sure. So what are some things that like the competitive players that are listening to this, because that is a lot of our audience. What are some things that we can do better to help grow the game at like this local level to help encourage people to come play, help collectors realize that the card text is also there, not just the pictures, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Um, that is a super difficult question to answer in like a short form, I suppose. True. But I think... The best way I could probably say, like, number one thing, um, and I guess this has to do a little bit with, like, just empathizing with other people mm -hmm. as well, is just to view things. And I know this is tough to do, especially if you've been playing this game forever. And, like, I've even caught myself being, you know, I know this game very well. And, like, I stream it all the time, all this stuff. I caught myself kind of slipping away from this, too. But just viewing things from like a brand new player's perspective mm -hmm. i think that's genuinely the best thing you can do and that's what it comes down to in any of these conversations you know playing with people at your locals and stuff i think the biggest issue that we have for people who are you know super well versed in this game play a ton of different decks uh know it super well are competitive on top of that they tend to like lean toward and maybe they don't even do this consciously, but mm -hmm. sort of like talking down to newer mm -hmm. players or talking in a way that's not accessible for newer players, you know? And I actually had this topic brought up a long time ago. I made like a little whatever the Twitter recording, like voice recording thing is um, mm -hmm. about how like there's so many conversations I overhear from like um, old school players or like people who've been playing for a while they're like oh yeah it's just like this card from like you know 2012 or whatever <laughs> and it's like if you're a new person listening to that how is that like going to make you feel you know what I mean being like I don't know what the heck that card is like I don't know what they're talking about you know and you automatically are just like subconsciously form forming these environments that seem very exclusive seem very difficult to get involved with and you just feel like excluded from it straight off the bat and if you're not actively trying to create a welcoming presence then you're not helping the problem you know <laughs> yeah i so. think a great example of that exact thing is iono is that how you can't say the gym leader's name yeah i think it's iono yeah okay iono that just came out everyone on twitter the game yeah. is now saved and is back right and then for those who don't know what iono does it is 
both players shuffle their hand, put it on the bottom of their deck, and then draw a card for the number of their prize cards remaining. So very similar to N that we had for a long time, except that was shuffle into your deck, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone's like, the game is saved. This is the best thing ever. And then the person who was both the best and worst person on Twitter, Jake Gearhart, made a great thread yeah. explaining like, why is Iona so good? Why is this such a valuable thing as a comeback mechanic? Why is the shuffle, put your hand on the bottom of your deck, a positive thing? And that's the type of thing of like, everyone in the world is like, the game is saved. It's like, well, that card hasn't been standard legal for six years. <laughs> that's a long yeah, time. I think, yeah, I think it's like seven years or something. Yeah, it's a long time. I think... Had I even played a standard format where N was legal? I think like the very first month I played or the very first two months I played N was standard legal. Like, and most people would look at me and be like, bro, you've been playing a while. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, technically not. I just played a lot of expanded. So I have an idea anyway. And that's like a great example of like, don't take for granted, like people knowing (laughs) what these cards do, why they're so good, why they're important. And I think that's a really good piece of advice right there. Something else. Yeah. And Ooh, keep going. Keep I going. think I was just going to say, I think it segues to so many different discussions and, and such too. I think a lot of times as well, an issue that I've personally run into um, is like, you'll have someone that's very excited mm-hmm. about a deck or they'll be like, Oh, I really enjoy this Pokemon. That's why I built this deck. Or, you know, I slotted this card cause I like this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then very shortly after that, it's going to be a player that's like, Oh, that's trash. You Yo, know, we're going like, to say oh, the same oh, thing. Oh. I love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There you go. It, it's going to be like, Oh, you're going to get rolled or like, Oh, you shouldn't even be playing that. This happened to me with Duraludon and it, it was like right before, um, Duraludon ended up like winning a regional too, yeah. which was so ironic. But I'd been playing, I just liked Duraludon as a Pokemon. Um, so I'd been playing that deck for a long time, even when it was like why? still pretty bad. Well, we'll come back to it, but like, why do I like it, Duraludon? It's a giant building. Sell me on Duraludon as a Pokemon, <laughs> real quick. <laughs> okay. I have a personal story behind it, but um, yes. So I just like Duraludon a lot. And so I had been playing Duraludon and stuff. And it was like, in my own sort of space of the people I communicate with and stuff on a regular basis. And it was mm-hmm. just like, and I was saying like, oh yeah, this is my pet deck, you know, whatever. And they're just like, oh, you're playing like the worst deck in the format. Like, I don't even know why you're bothering or wasting your time on that, you know? And it's just like a very negative perspective to have. And then I just imagine that again, it's like kind of focusing in on, think about this from a newer player perspective. They're super excited with this deck for whatever reason it is. And then it's just like you instantly shoot them down because mm-hmm. you know it's like not the best. That's not going to get somebody to continue playing our game. You know what I mean? So I think it really just comes down to a, like a ton of times like leaving your own personal whatever aside and focusing, like actively putting your brain toward focusing on welcoming like newer people into the game with that atmosphere i suppose and i just don't think many people are like willing to do that genuinely <laughs> that, especially from our competitive space our top one percent players are like some of uh like the most toxic people i think you could probably <laughs> find <laughs> so hot take <laughs> yeah you'd be amazed at how unhot that take is just that's just not going to be said publicly <laughs> Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'm not, I'm never afraid to say things like, like that publicly. And, and of course I'm never speaking in like the, every single top player's terrible person, you know, that's why I love doing our interviews and stuff too. Cause like actually sitting down with these players, like one-on-one and I have a brief conversation with them before the interview happens mm-hmm. too. And kind of just getting to know them on a more personal basis is, is always uh very cool for me. I want to yeah. real quick co-sign 300% everything you said, and it's my podcast, so I'm going to advertise my own thing. But in my Discord, this is something that I'm a huge fan of. I've got several people in there who are, I cater to a competitive audience, right? Like several people who oh, are yeah. trying to get a world's invite or trying to get to that next level. And then we also have people who are completely new to the game or they're like, yo, how do I make Flip Dragapult work? <laughs> and you know what I mean? The competitive players in there are like, hey, let's optimize this deck. Like, they're not like, mm-hmm. hey, this thing's bad. And I yeah. am always really happy to see that because so many times it's like, why would you ever play this? It's bad. And it's like, well, sometimes you do just want to play the thing, right? I brought yeah. the 
Pokemon Go Magikarp to a local tournament. Like I had to pay entry fee to get absolutely oh, destroyed because yeah. that deck is so bad. But I'm like, I want to play Magikarp. I want this to be good. Mm. Right. And it's like, no matter how many people told me it was bad, I'm like, I don't care. I want to play Magikarp once before yeah. this thing is even more unplayable because Sableye was coming out <laughs> pretty yeah. soon. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But uh, we do have to circle back around. You said you like Duraludon. As a Pokemon, yeah. the deck is fine. The Pokemon is no, a giant Pokemon. building. <laughs> okay, so I had the exact same viewpoint on that. I was just like, <laughs> oh, why is this even a thing? It's just a giant skyscraper. Like, it's so lame. Worst Pokemon ever. And um, it just so happened. Um, dang, what was it Evolving Skies? What set was it on the pack art for? I should know the answer to this, but I, I don't know that. any sets. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually really bad with the sets too. But whatever set had the pack art of Duraludon, mm -hmm. uh, I opened a lot of it, and like every single Duraludon pack, I got like really good pulls from. <laughs> and so it just it just became like a meme on my channel that like if I open a Duraludon pack, it's gonna like bring me good luck. So <laughs> it, it was a thing that like Duraludon was like kind of becoming my homie because he was like pulling me some good stuff you know and then from there i started playing the deck and um like winning with it mm -hmm. and having fun with it and stuff and i think it was just like built built from there and uh, now i think it's really cute i actually don't have a dwelling <laughs> on plush which is surprising do they make I have them? a little figurine yeah they make them really? um i have the figurine that comes with like raihan mm -hmm. um and that's super cool but i want like the little plushie now I think it, I think I like him more than nobody else likes him too. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the way to get one of your favorite Pokemon though. Liking Gyarados is too expensive. I feel like that's true. Yeah, you yeah. got you got to like the things that are a little underneath the radar. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I agree. Usually, it's like my bug Pokemon. Like I love Seawaddle. I love Grubbin. Things like that. Oh, so. but charge a bug! It's so square. <laughs> It's so good. Uh, I do not like Charger Bug. What? Let's get that straight. Yeah, I don't like Charger Bug. I, I can't. Oh my gosh. Grubbin is the only one. It's same with Seawaddle. I don't like either of their evolutions, but I love their baby version. Um, it's no, a cute. Charger Bug, it's, I call... It's so cute. <laughs> I call the Charger Bug an electric loaf of bread, honestly. It's what it looks like So <laughs> you are a fan of it. That sounds great. What's wrong with that? <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Uh, yeah, it's grubbing. It's the same thing with um. Oh, what is it? The uh, the seal that turns into Walrein. Oh, Sfeel. Sfeel's yeah, so Spiel. good. You don't like yeah, it? Yeah, I love Sfeel. Okay, good. I, no, no, I love Sfeel. I do not like Walrein at all. <laughs> like, I think that's... that thing's nightmare fuel. <laughs> okay, that's that's too. It is cute, but I I respect not liking it. But nightmare fuel. The Walrein? You think the Walrein's cute? It is. It's got mustache. What? It's so good. No, no. The Walrein looks like um, the uh, Pennywise to me. It looks like Pennywise straight up. I <laughs> am gonna have to look at those two side by side to see what you see because I, I have. I literally have it in my phone, like <laughs> I picture Pennywise and Walrein because I just had this discussion with someone, <laughs> and they, I showed it to them, and they're like. Oh, you're right. You're right. It does look like that. So. <laughs> Especially like the new Pennywise also has yellow eyeballs mm -hmm. and all rain has yellow eyeballs. So it's like, yeah, it's it's a scary clown to me. <laughs> Boo, I want to let you get to community day. One last question. Okay. Very simple <laughs> one. It. You have a ton of plushies behind you. Did you yeah. get my favorite plushie that I didn't get, which is the life size for it? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wait you tried to buy it but it was sold out i was told by my wife i can't buy it and then she had tried uh, to buy it for me and was unable to get it <laughs> no see that's what happened to me with the um the appleton oh that was a good but, yeah yeah i really wanted the appleton and then i was like too late to the party and it sold out so i was sad but i do have the life-size altaria on the way Ooh. And the Whale Lord too. I pre-ordered that one. The Whale well. Lord's so good. <laughs> yeah, that one's gonna be great. I'm so excited. I already have one, so right now I'm gonna get a bigger one. <laughs> you have one that is somehow significantly undersized, even though it is one of the largest ones back there. Yeah, bigger, bigger than Appa though. Bigger than Appa. <laughs> I think Whale Lord would be canonically bigger than Appa. Is that correct? I actually don't know. 
I mean, I don't know, because like, how large is a flying bison? That's it's got to be smaller than a whale. Probably, but like, <laughs> they're so small on it. But I guess they're all children too, so that probably plays a role. <laughs> I guess that's true. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Boo, I want to let you get to community day. If the people want more from you, where can they find you, or any shoutouts you have? Um, just Frosted Caribou on pretty much every platform except for uh, Instagram. It's Frosted Pokeboo. Uh, same with my Pogo, too. Not that you can add me, I guess, from there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, myself, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. Be sure to leave a review or a rating on any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Helps people find us because the algorithm on podcast platforms is non-existent otherwise. Ooh. And this has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. We'll catch you all next week. Thanks for having me, Kevin. I appreciate it.